All right, hold on. Let me find my confessions. I don't have them on the screen. Okay, y'all can stand, though. All right, here we go. Father, I thank you in advance that I'm always changed by my time spent in worship and in the Word. I am a believer and not a doubter. Therefore, all things are possible for me. I recognize that it's not by my might nor by my power but by your spirit, spirit working mightily, work mightily in me, which I overcome, which I overcome any, adversity any adversity I may face on our journey. I am not afraid of what sickness can do to me, because by your stripes, by your stripes I, am healed. I am healed. I am not afraid, am not afraid of, financial lack, of financial lack, because all my needs are met. According to your riches and glory. Therefore, I live out of your pockets and not mine. And I cannot be overcome by depression because you have gifted me with your peace that passes all understanding and you won't take it back. The Bible says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Shall abide, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We're going to say that one again because that's going, that's going to play a, a, a very particular and strong part about what we go over here and for the foreseeable future. Come on. Amen. 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 The Bible says, the Bible says he, that dwells he that dwells in the secret place, in the secret place of the Most High, of the Most High shall abide. Under the shadow of the Almighty. Under the shadow of the Almighty. A thousand may fall at my side. A thousand may fall at my side. And ten thousand at my right hand. Ten thousand at my right hand. But it will not come near me. But it will not come near me. There shall no evil befall me. There shall no evil befall me. Neither shall any plague. Neither shall any plague. Come near my dwelling. Come near my dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over me. For he shall give his angels charge over me. In all my ways. In all my ways. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Because you, overcame. because you overcame. And I cannot be stopped. And I won't be stopped. I love you, Lord. Because you're a great, great father. And you're a father to the fatherless. And no one, including me, has to go fatherless. Give him a big shout. You can sit down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, last week we were talking about uh, talking about spiritual disciplines and talking about the importance of spiritual disciplines and the benefits Amen. of spiritual disciplines. And so we went over and took a look at the life of uh, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? And we looked at the fact that Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, were connected. Uh, they were all captives. 
And uh, they were a part of this special group that were, were especially gifted. And the king uh, decided that he was going to take these Israelite uh, captive youngsters and train them in, the, in their ways. And so uh, we saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say to their superior, their, their person that was in charge of them, they said, look, we don't want to eat the king's meat. Uh, we want to have our own special diet of vegetables and fruit. And the guy didn't want to do that. He said, no, nah, you know, y'all, you boys ain't going to make it on this vegan diet. <laughs> y'all got to have some, some meats and stuff like that and uh, some wholesome things. Y'all ain't going to make it. The, the king is going to see that you guys are frail and weak and he going he gonna to think that I'm treat, mistreating y'all. We can't have it like that. He said, well, let, let us have a contest. Ten days. Let us be on this, this certain diet. And after the 10 days, he saw that they looked better than the, than the other boys. And so then they messed it up for everybody. They said, look, all y'all boys, take them steaks and such away from these boys. Take all that away from them. Put them boys on the same diet that they on. And uh, because these boys is lethargic, you know, and, and, and every time we need them for something, they sleeping and yawning because they eat terrible. We're going we're gonna to get them on a better diet. We're going to have them on this other stuff. That's a long story. Fat Floyd's employees. I have to tell you all about that later. And so, um, so we, we, we know that they had a, they had a, uh, 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 a certain way that they eat. They had a discipline in how they ate, all right? They had a certain discipline in how they ate. And so we saw also that Daniel, again, after uh, the king had this first dream, and Daniel interpreted the dream, and he asked for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to work closely with him or to work right underneath him. And so that established a relationship between them. And we see later on in Daniel chapter 10, uh, when Daniel needed to understand the vision, he went on the same type of diet. He went to eating the same type of food, this vegetable pulse diet. And so what we can see is, is that this was a discipline. This was something that they practiced on a regular basis. We can believe that, that we, can, we can take that away from that. And this was something they practiced on a regular basis. When they came to, uh, uh, and so this can be considered a certain a type of fasting or whatever, or a denying of oneself, right? So you know, when, with fasting is crucial because, again, you're limiting the flesh and you are allowing yourself to be more open to the spirit, right? Because we are spirit beings. And so along with the fasting, there needs to be prayer. Yes, if you're fasting without prayer, you are just dieting. All right. Jimmy Kimmel does it. I don't know if he prays or not. I think he's Jewish, but I don't know how much he prays. But he talks about that. He does the uh, intermittent fasting. A lot of celebrities got it on magazines. They do intermittent fasting. So just the fact that you're fasting, if you're not praying, that don't really put you that much further ahead than these other folks. And then if you be, if you fasting and you're not praying to Jesus, then the devil will take advantage of your spiritual openness and he'll show you some stuff, too. Yeah. Right. So, so you really need to be on, on guard because there's a lot of people that believe in other stuff and they access the supernatural through denying themselves. There are people that I have seen, uh, had encounters with, and they have been victims of demonic possession. And one of the things that the demon will do is, is, is to have them not eat. They don't want to eat. They say, I haven't ate anything. So they'll start losing weight very rapidly and they're not eating because that, that devil knows that we're ramping up this supernatural right so fasting works works both ways 
But you need, so when you, when you fast, you need to be praying to the Lord. Amen. And so understand something. The devil, the devil's just a thief or tries to steal God's systems. Right. He's an imitator. And so he was up there with God and he saw how much of a baller, how, saw how God rolled. And he said, man, God's big time. I want to grow up. I want to be like him. Yeah. Right. He literally said, I'm going to be like the most high. But the Lord said, I'm, I'm an original baby boy. You can't ain't nobody be like me. It's just me. Amen. You can't be like me. And so the devil, you know, for some reason thought that he was going to be able to pull it off and take over the kingdom. And they uh, they called in Lenny and Ezra uh, to regulate him. Their version of Lenny and Ezra to regulate him and run the devil straight up out of there. Right. Uh, Jesus said, I was there when Satan felt like lightning from heaven. And he felt like lightning because we run him up out of there. Right. So let me tell you something. The Lord, sometimes the Lord don't play. Right. And you start getting out of hand. It's like the devil thought he was going to take over something. And they run the boy out of that. All right. So then the devil brought his antics and he brought his stuff to earth. Right. To agitate the people. Uh, that, that love the Lord and just people who don't love the Lord are under, there is, there is power, right? There's supernatural power at work in the earth realm. And so, uh, uh, again, going back over to Daniel, exercising the supernatural power, he, he practiced regular prayer and he practiced regular fasting, mm -hmm. right? So we see when they set a trap for him because they, uh, he, had a, he had a close relationship with the king, and they said, the only way we're going to take this boy down is only one thing we know that he do on a regular basis. That boy fasts. He, he, he prays, right? They said, if we're going to get to him, it's going to be through his relationship with God. He don't mess up no other kind of way. So then what they did was they said, King, we're going to make a decree for the next 30 days that if anybody pray to any other God other than you, then we're going we're gonna to have to kill him. And so uh, the king agreed with it for some kind of way. And whatever the king agreed to, they said, look, this is law. And whatever is law, it cannot be changed. It cannot be undone, not even by the king. And so uh, Daniel, the Bible says, after he had heard the decree that they made, it says, specifically says after, he still went into his house as he did on a regular basis to pray three times a day. Yep. So he had a habit of praying three times a day. Even under the threat of losing his life, he did not give up that spiritual discipline of prayer. Amen. Right? And, and, we, and, and I know from reading the scripture, this is because he understood that this is effective. Sure. Right? So the scripture says uh, uh, that I will not fear. One of, what, I can put my address on this on the Psalms. But I will not fear. The Lord is on my side. What can man do to me? Right? If God's on your side, men can't do nothing to you. All right? If God's on your side, then men can't come do nothing to you. But often the threat of what men will do will stop us from calling on the Lord. Often the threat of what men will do will stop us from calling on the Lord. I'm not talking about your neighbor, you know, upset with you about the bushes. I'm just talking, I'm talking about the tax folk, which I make a lot of jokes about them, but the, I really don't, not concerned about them at all. All right. Because the Bible says that Jesus told them, go catch a fish. And that's not concerned about the taxes and pay them. All right. I, I'm, I'm going to come and step in front of y'all with a, a humongous testimony and uh, tell you the whole story about that. But the people, they always want taxes for everything. I'm doing a new world of taxes. They want taxes for everything. Uh, so um, God can take care of what he said he can, can take care of. So here's Daniel here and Daniel's got his one, two, three times he's praying and they come in there and they arrest him and they took him in front of the king and they say, King, we caught your boy here. We know you like the man. He was in his house praying. And it was supposed to be 30 days. Nobody's supposed to pray to nobody but you, O king. And we caught this man, Daniel, over here in some very vile prayer over there. 
some vile, disgusting prayer. We took him over there at his house, right? And the window wide open. And so they, they, the king was, hot, he was upset. And, he was, and they said, we got to throw him in the, in the lion's den. Got to put him in there. So they cast him over into the lion's den. And the Bible says that the king, he fasted and prayed all night because he was so upset they had threw him in there. And so one of the points that we made last week was that fast with spiritual disciplines can be contagious, right? Other people see you exercising your spiritual disciplines, they can be contagious, and then they'll start going down that same road. So the king, he goes down there in the morning and he says, oh, Daniel, did your God save you? And Daniel sitting up in there, uh, 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 you know, with his cell phone, reading his Bible app. No, I think he was watching Fellowship Church on, on, the, on, the, on the live stream. <laughs> He had a cell phone watching the fellowship and petting that lion's mane right there. Oh, king, I live on forever. I'm just catching some of Pastor Levi right here. I'm just catching some of Pastor Levi over at the fellowship church. And, but, you know, I'm just joking about that. But, but he came in and he was alive. And so then after he called him alive, he said, his God has saved him from the lion's den. Take these other brothers, get their wives and get their kids and get all their people and chunk them over in there with the lion. And the Bible says there was a whole lot of crunching going on when they threw him over there in that lion's den. And then Daniel got promoted and Daniel had favor. So the point that we, we're making here is that spiritual disciplines do pay off. Amen. Right. They pay off time and time again in the lives of people who will exercise them. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had this habit of uh, fasting. They had a, a habit of prayer. And we see that they got thrown into the fiery furnace. But the Bible says that they got a miracle in the middle of their of what should have been mayhem. They got a miracle in the middle of their mess because they practiced prior to this spiritual disciplines. So the point that we're trying to make is spiritual disciplines do pay off even in the most crucial time. But you got so many people who that, you know, that they say, well, it's boring to pray. It's boring to read. I'm going to share some stuff with you this morning that's going to change. Your, that's going to man. If you got ears to hear, it's going to change your life. So, so they throw him into the fire furnace. The Bible says that it, they, they looked inside of the furnace and they saw a fourth man. They said, didn't we throw three guys in there? But there's a fourth guy in there. What happened? Spiritual disciplines caused the Lord to show up Amen. in the middle of the fire. Spiritual disciplines caused the Lord to show up in the middle of the fire. That's why the devil don't want you to pray. That's why he wants you to run around dazed and confused. And talk about, I don't know what to say when I pray, and I don't know how to pray, and I don't got time to pray, and this and that. He wants to keep you in that spot because he understands if you ever start praying, you ever start reading that Bible, he ain't going to be able to toss you around like a rag doll like he has all these times. He knows that you're going to find some foundation in, in the Lord. What did we read in that Psalms 91? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the protection of the Almighty. When you, when you spend the time with God, that's, amen, that's how you, the Bible says, let's read, let's go there uh, in the Amplified Version. I love that version. Psalms 91, Amplified Classic Version, we're going to read that and watch what it say here. I'm going to get my, uh, my tablet back tomorrow to fix my screen on it. Then after I take it over there and they hit me for a large sum to fix the screen, my wife was like, you could have bought a brand new one for half the price. I'm thinking, well, girl, you should have spoke up before that. I 
told you Pastor Lori has not been treating me kindly. <laughs> Pastor Mary, you need to, we need to reverse counseling. <laughs> she, <laughs> she has not been treating your boy kindly. I'm snitching on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She did buy me some new shoes, though. <laughs> Let me leave that alone. Let me leave that alone. All right, where am I? Psalms 89, 91. Psalm 91. Let's get over to the right version. Amplify Classic. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So it says here, Psalms 91.1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed. Come on. You want to be stable and fixed? Sure. Stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty whose, whose power no foe can withstand. Yeah. So no enemy can, can, can come against God. I told you, if you in God's house... The devil can't come over there kicking on the door, beating on the door, stand outside. He can do whatever he try to want to and tell God we're finna take him. God is like, are you out of your mind? We already been through this. The devil ain't gonna try that no more. Number two, he says, I will say of the Lord that he is my refuge and my fortress. This, this, is, this is military or war talk. Yeah. My refuge and my fortress. We understand the concept of a fortress, right? We understand the concept of refuge. Refuge is a safe place. Fortress is a walled up place to keep the enemy out and keep you protected on the inside. Ryan, stop joking over there. I'm watching. You and your wife. Don't get your wife involved in it. Nah. If in case y'all don't know, I'm not, I'm not being mean to him. I love That's my friend right there. So we joke around 24-7. But leave your wife alone. Let the girl pay attention, boy. Um, what was I at? Three. Verse 3. Okay, so, so uh, for then he will deliver you from the snare of the father. Then he will cover you with his pinions and underneath his wings will you trust and find refuge in his truth. And his faithfulness shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots, or the slanders of the wicked that flies by day. Nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness of the destruction the sudden death and the surprise that lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Right. Now watch this. This is talking about the benefits of the spiritual discipline of spending time with God. Yeah. Now everybody like this and want to say amen, but if you ain't doing it, why are you amen. saying amen? Come on. You outside. Right. We inside with AC. If you ain't doing it, you outside. But the door is open. You can come in. You can come in. Yes. You can come in. Why you staying outside when you can come in? Amen. Right? So he says this. He says, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Right. Only a spectator. That means we got binoculars at the top of the fortress wall checking out all of the foolishness going on outside. Right? Only a spectator shall you be you is yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as you witness the reward of the wicked. They say you're not available. Yeah. Mm. I'm just not available. 
You can keep on knocking, but you can't come in. I'm, I'm, I'm not available. Devil, you got foolishness going on out there? I'm in here with the Lord. So I'm not available for whatever you got going on over there. I'm in here with the Lord. I'm not available. That's what it looks. Let's read it again. Yes, sir. Come on. Susan, is that what you're saying? They say the same thing? What does it say? It says, only a spectator shall you yourself be. Only a spectator shall you be yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High. I'm, I'm not available. Why? Why am I not available? Because I'm cold like that? No, because I'm in the presence of God. And here's the only entity that exists that Satan cannot defeat. And that's, that's, the, that's the Lord, the Lord and the Lord's power. His, it works for us too. His power through us. We can be victorious through God's power. He says, you yourself inaccessible, a spectator, only shall you be. I want to move on from the recap. And I want to tell you of something that happened. This rarely Rarely has happened to me in my past serving God. It's happened a few times. But yesterday morning, let me, just, let me update you on this. This week, now remember I preached all this stuff to y'all last week, what I just did. So this week we were very busy, very, very busy. Uh, I worked extremely hard, about 65, 70 hours this week. I'm, I'm trying to restaff. I'm going through some staff changes over there. And then we had... We just had all kinds of stuff. It was a super week. We broke a record this week. We never sold more stuff this week. We did almost $9,500 this week. And sales. So we're growing like crazy. Right? And it's not just the, the income tax money and the stimulus. It just, it's just we're on a steady incline like this. And so, uh, so very busy. And, I, and we, everybody's supposed to be there three times a day. Doing their three times a day uh, prayer and, and reading, right? So I have my, my own regular times of discipline, but I'm trying to keep in there with y'all, you know, and, and get mine. Of course, mine are, are, are more than five minutes, right? Uh, so so I, I had a couple of times where I got so busy, and I'm like, man, God, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I just want to go to the house tonight, man. You know, I want to go to the house tonight. Do I really got to be doing this like this? I just didn't preach it to y'all. But I'm, I'm like, when I say I'm tired, I ain't playing no games. I'm not playing games. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, your definition of tired and mine are two totally different things. Two totally different things. Right? Ain't that right, Ryan? Ryan told me, he said, when I, before I started working for myself, <laughs> he said, I was, I'd go to work. You know, I started, before I started this new project, i go to work. Shoot, man, after I get off work, I'm going to the house. He said, now I feel like I was cheating. Right? Ain't it right, PB? Ain't it right? Yes, sir. Hey, listen, you, listen, you, you got to get it. Because if you don't get it, who's going to get it? That's right. Right? And that's one thing I learned from this whole thing. I got to do it. I got to do what I got to do. That's right. I can't just say, well, shoot, I'm tired. Then you just come back the next day and everybody looking up at you tomorrow. What happened? Now, nah, excuses, crutches for the uncommitted. So I'm tired. And the Lord, uh, I come over here and I get the business taken care of. Anyway, I get it taken care of. Because I'm, I'm, I'm on the discipline. I'm, I, I, I need to take some of the slack out of my discipline too. But I asked God that question. So then he wait till I asked the question on Thursday. And either uh, Saturday morning, I have a dream. I have a dream 
at about six something around six o'clock in the morning and I woke up from the dream like not sleepy I had planned I was gonna sleep a little bit longer like 7:30. but I woke up out the dream I'm like I'm done sleeping it's a wrap but in my dream Javier we in this we in this sporting goods store like a big one like Cabela's or something like that big one and so something was going on everything was like fun so we have these BB guns in Cabela's right these air, air, air rifles and I'm running around guys and their their sons are running around some daughters are running around just like playing pew 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 like playing you know so I tell my wife I said you see that kid right there he don't know how to hold no gun because he little kid had the gun pointed out everybody playing pew 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 I said you don't hold no gun like that so we just having a conversation so I'm going around everybody's having a good time inside of the place so then all of a sudden the whole atmosphere, the whole tone changed. And all I could hear was boom, 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 boom. And seeing these muzzle flashes that was like four by eight. Like muzzle flashes, I'm as long as this table and, and about this high. And I hear people start screaming on the other side of the store. And so then there's another guy that was, uh, it was myself and my wife, we dug down. My first thought was, man, I need, to, I need to try to get over there so I can try to kill this guy. And so immediately the Lord said, you can't do nothing with that BB gun. You hearing, you hearing what I'm saying? Sure. He said, you can't do nothing with that BB gun. So I said, but my first thought was I wanted to. I was willing to, but I wasn't able. How many of you want to, you're willing to, but because of your spiritual disciplines, you're not able. So then the police come over and they looking at me. I'm here. Pastor Lori's right here. There's another guy over behind me, some kids over there, everybody's kind of dug down, screaming, the shooting. And the police, they walk up and they say, come with us. And I didn't know if they was talking to me or whoever, but I look behind me, there's a guy, a white guy, uh, tall guy, 6'5", something like that. Got a beard, brown, I remember the brown beard. Uh, hair, had on a blue, blue polo kind of shirt, some jeans. And so, uh, so they, they told him, he said, come, he said, my brother's doing it again. He said, my brother's doing it again, ain't he? And so he had this phone, and, they, and he took the phone out, and he laid it, he kind of knew they wanted the phone. So they took the phone from him, and they took him with him. And so apparently this was the second time that this guy had killed all of these people like this. Right? And so, man, I don't know how many of y'all have seen, the, not the last Rambo, but the Rambo before the last, when he was over in Burma, and he got on that, 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 on the back of that truck and he had that 50 cal and he was shooting that 50 cal and he was cutting them dudes in hand. And in my action movie, people, y'all know, know what I'm talking about. Well, it was a gun like that and it was, I'm talking about loud. Listen, when I started shooting guns, one of the first things that I noticed at the range was how loud the guns were. Yep. When you're watching the movies and they be shooting guns, they don't have ear protection on. Right? When you go shoot guns, you got to wear that ear protection. That stuff there will tear your, ear, your hearing up. When I, heard, when, I, when I shot the gun and I felt how, how, it, how it did when you shot it, how loud it was, I said to myself, I said, man, this ain't no toy, man. I said, this is a serious thing right here. I said, I see why they want to outlaw some of these guns. Because in the wrong hands or in the wrong mindset, this could really devastate some folks. 
That's why, like, when them school shooters, they don't tell you everything that happened when them folks run up in there with them, with them ARs and shoot up folks like that. Man, them things will tear you apart, man. Arms off, everything. Terrible situation. And so understand, I, had, I understand and have a respect for guns. Like, I don't play with guns. I got guns and I don't play with them. When I first bought, I bought my first gun, I told you, I think I told you the story before, I, wanted, I didn't know how to shoot it, but I bought it. And I said to myself, I said, you know, we're here in the building every night. I said, and the restaurant's open now. And, you know, I don't want nobody coming in here or whatever. I got to protect my wife. You won't worry about me, but I got the gun for her. And so I, I went over there to the gun range. I said, look, I need to learn how to shoot this gun. He said, you bought the gun, you know how to shoot it? No, nah, I don't know how to shoot it. You show me how to do it. That's the, ain't that your job? You show me how to do it. I said, I preach. You, you, you shoot. You show me how to shoot. All right. So then he, he showed me how to shoot it, and I had a little gun that I can put right here, or I can stick it in my pocket. That was my first gun. Actually, no, I, I forgot. I had another shotgun before that. I know how to shoot this. I, I, no, I didn't. I don't know if I had it. Whatever. I got three, three guns. Whatever. So, I, 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 when I, so when we go and we start shooting the guns, I tell the man, I say, listen, I, I, I got to have two things. I say, number one, I don't want to shoot myself with this gun. I need you to show me how to work the gun. I don't want to shoot myself. I said, number two, I don't want to shoot nobody that I love. I don't want to shoot nobody that I love. So I need to know how this gun works, and I need to know. So I, uh, he showed me, and I went home, I watched videos, I shot the gun, this, that, and the other. And I got the, the, other, the AR I had, and I, I learned how to shoot it, learned how to work it. Shotgun, same thing, learned how to work it. But, but the same thing in common. We were at the range one day, and my son, Zach, we put these... Uh, they have a certain number of pellets in it. You got eight shot. You got different number of pellets in one. I think we got some four shot. And I didn't know that the four shot kicked harder than the eight shot. So I just changed the, 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 the shells in the gun. And, you know, his turn to shoot. So he shot the gun. And he said, Dad, did you do something different to the gun? I said, no, nah, I just put these. So I looked at the box. And I said, before I looked at the box, I said, no, nah, boy, let me see the gun. So I shot it, and man, it, it was different, right? So, so have, again, another lesson. Have some understanding of the power of guns. Have some understanding of the power of guns. And so this gun that this guy was shooting in the dream was on another level, right? So I couldn't see the guy, but I could see, like, he's on the other side of the store, and I can see the reflection of the muzzle flash, and I can hear it. Boom, 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 boom. Like loud, like ridiculously loud. And I could hear the people screaming. And people running. So we got to get out, we got to move. So when I woke up from the dream, I knew exactly what it was about. We have a, a, a book that some people who, uh, who, prophetic people who study dream symbols and this and that and the other. I'm not saying this is all the time what it is, but according to my, what's in my system, and God's going to work off what's in my system. Uh, that guns represent power outside of yourself. So here is this devastating, destructive power over here at work. And myself and other people here did not have the power to combat this enemy's power over here on the other side. So do you think it's a coincidence that God gives me that dream the day before Sunday? And after I'd asked him that question, 
And what he was saying was, listen, there are two things. There is some power on that's next level that you haven't experienced. And there is some situations coming soon. Because remember what I said, it was the second time that the guy had did it. The second time. For the first time, I realized that the whole COVID-19 stuff, that was the devil. You say, duh, pastor, you didn't know that? Forgive me, not being as spiritual as you, right? So I, I, knew, I knew he was attached to it. He's attached to all the sickness. But I'm just talking about the whole movement was orchestrated by the devil. So here, I believe and understand what that meant for me was there's something else coming. There's a second thing coming. I don't, I don't think it's going to be going to be sickness because all of the people were in the store. I don't think it's going to be a sickness, but it, I think it's an, a something else coming. I have a, a couple of friends of mine, many of God have been talking about a revival coming and how people are going to be coming out of the woods like ants trying to get to church. Several people have said that. And I, they've, they've stuck to that testimony. And they said that it was a certain church in the area and our church was one of them. And I, I, I just thought, what, what is going to make people who wasn't coming to church come to church in droves like that? And it's only two things that makes it happen. That means it's a revival, people getting healed and miracles and stuff like that, or something catastrophic happened. Yeah. That's the only two times you can run the church like that. And so I heard that, I've been hearing that word over the past years. And after I had the dream, I said, oh, that's it. That's it. Because it can't be a, a, a thing to where they want us to be social distancing if everybody's going to show up at church so it's not going to be this other thing again but the point i wanted to make with the story is listen i don't just tell stories and i don't come up and tell you about every dream that i had but i know this was significant about what's this whole what did we when we started doing the journey to freedom didn't it come into play when the COVID thing hit right after so here we are with this, talking about these spiritual disciplines. And I, I, Pastor Eli can hear and understand that God's saying this. Sometimes they don't come to me that clear. I just say it and then look around and say, man, wow, I said that. I, I, I don't get it like that all the time. He gets it to where he can say, God said this. I just get it and I say it. And then I come back later on and say, man, that was God. So here we are with this, this time that we listen. I'm going to give you Bible for this, though. Revelation. I was listening to the first five or six chapters the other day. And it, Revelation opened up talking about catastrophic events that affect the world. It opens up. Revelation is, the book of Revelation is not a story. It is a prophecy of things that will come to pass. And in the book of Revelation, just in these first few chapters, they're talking about catastrophic events, global events that will affect human beings. So there is a precedent set for what I'm saying. Not only that, we just come out of the COVID thing and the news media has not stopped short of on a daily basis told you how many folks have died and how many people in the hospital all over the world. So not only is it in the book of Revelation, but you experienced it. So what I'm saying is not, is not way out there. But what do we do? You know, I don't preach fear. Yeah, we prepare for it. So what God is saying right now is, 
you need to shake off that BB gun and go back over there where the real gun's at. I'm not talking about real, I'm not talking about flesh and blood guns. I'm talking about you need, you need to get this spiritual game together. Spiritual disciplines. What do we say going into the COVID thing? What do we declare? As soon as I told you the revelation that I got was, and everybody was getting hit, like this is serious. Getting hit like, man, this is, this thing here, the president shook up, the, the, the mayor of the city of Houston, he still shook up. Uh, people shook up about this COVID thing. And so I, I expected them to handle that. I said, y'all got that, we're doing some other stuff over here, y'all go ahead and handle that. And so once I saw them say, well, we're not going to shut down the city, we're not going to shut down the country, and then they went back the week after that, rodeo shut down, everything starts shutting down, go home, don't be outside, don't breathe on nobody. Remember in March, it was February, March, it was good times. Good times. These are the good times. We was having fun. Y'all remember that? Going into 2020 and it's going to be an awesome year. And it's a scream. You know, all of a sudden it wasn't that awesome. Unless you had a big gun. If you had a big gun. Because some of us experienced miracles in 2020. Some of us seen the hand of God move in 2020. Working them spiritual disciplines. Working them spiritual disciplines. Let's go back over there. That's Psalm 91. And see if we can pull something out that Psalm 91. Thank you, Lord. About them spiritual disciplines. Let's see if, it, let's see if we can see that and say, well, hey, that sounds like what we went through. Hmm. Verse 7. Verse 6. Verse 5. I'm going to keep going, just messing with y'all. <laughs> verse 4, verse 3, verse 1. Let's start in verse 5. I'm just messing with y'all. I'm just messing with y'all. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that, nor of the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked. We don't have to be afraid uh, that flies by day, nor of the pestilence. That's talking about sickness. Is in, in, in with the whole pestilence thing. That stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction or sudden death. That surprise and lay at waste at noonday. Man, that's wild that they're in order like that. Pestilence and sudden death. Then he goes on verse 7. He said, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. He didn't say it wasn't going to be people falling. Matter of fact, he said a thousand over here and 10,000 over there. That's a whole bunch of people around. He said, but it don't have to come near you. But pastor, am I not being a good Christian because I caught the COVID? That ain't what I'm saying. You didn't die. You're still here, ain't you? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, the, I mean, at first everybody was like, well, shoot, if we're going to get it, am I going to get it? Oh, my God. Who, who, who got it? And then people started showing up and saying, oh, the Johnsons, they got it this week. Oh, it's the Johnsons' turn. We'll see y'all in two weeks. Y'all come back. Hey, Johnson, y'all back? Y'all all right? Praise the Lord. Now, so we know some people had it way worse than that. We know some people did die. But he, again, let's look at this. He said a thousand may fall and 10,000 over here. He said, but it don't have to be you. This is Bible. This is not Pastor Levi. I'm just reading the scripture. Amen. He said a thousand may fall to your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. 
Only a spectator shall you be, yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High, as you, as you behold the water of the wicked. So it don't have to be us. It don't have to be you. This is one case, Dennis. If it's going to be anybody, it might as well be me. This is where that don't work at. No. If it's going to be anybody that, that, that's safe from it, it might as well be me. So we're reading here in the scripture that the spiritual discipline of spending time with God can be a life saver. Yes, sir. It can be a life saver. So we have to practice this. One of the things that we're going to do here at, at our church is, is that we're going to implement a, a regular prayer night. I'm trying to see if it's going to be a, 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 a once a month or once a quarter, but it's going to be at least, at least once a quarter. I'm working on this, Pastor Eli. Pastor Eli is going to play a big part in this. He's already praying on Sundays about this, and uh, I feel like we and him met, and we feel like this is what God wants to do. Yes. And you say, well, man, prayer meeting Sunday, we got to come back again? Boom, 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 boom. I need to say no words. I just keep making a noise. Boom, 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 boom. I don't got time to be going to no prayer meetings. That's boring in there. Boom, 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 boom. I bet the ones who make it out of there are so glad they, I, when, when they, when they throw Daniel over there in that lion's den, he's sitting over there in that lion talking about making that Paramount, what's it, what was that, was it Metro Goldwyn Meyer, whoever that lion, ah. When that lion rolled up and I bet you, I bet you he, listen, every time he was having a board prayer, board prayer time, he was so glad he stayed in there. Yeah, yeah. Every time he didn't eat a hamburger, he was so glad he ate them vegetables. Shoot, it's paying off in here now because Big Boy's sitting over here in his corner and I'm over here in mine. You just stay over there, partner. When they threw Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that fiery furnace, I guarantee you, while they walking around in that, feeling that AC in the middle of that fire and looking at Jesus, talking to Jesus, they were so glad. Well, shoot, we so glad we sacrificed prayer and fasting. It, it was worth it. It was worth it. The man, there's a book that I have read a couple times. Actually, I didn't read it. Let me not stretch the truth. I listened to it, right? And it's uh, Dutch Sheets' book, Intercessory Prayer. Uh, Pastor Russell and Pastor Mary brought, bought several of those books, right? right? And gave them away to some folks who wanted them. But in the book, he, uh, Dutch Sheets tells a story of a day when he was praying. And he says that he was praying for like two hours. He said he first started to pray, and I think he was going to pray for 30 minutes. And 30 minutes stretched to an hour, and it went to two hours. And it might have went maybe even longer than that. But he said he was praying. And he said in, in his prayer, he saw a snake. Saw this vision of this snake. So then he, he, uh, after he finishes praying, or maybe it was a day or so later, but he calls his dad and his dad's telling him a story of how he was out in the yard doing some landscaping, doing some work like that. And he said that he, that he felt something brushing by his pants leg. And he said he looked down and it was a rattlesnake trying to strike him, but it kept missing him. And so he said, he asked, he said, people will say, they asked the question, does it take all of that? He said, do you really need to pray that much? He said, I don't know, but on this day, it sure seemed like it was worth it. Amen. 
Might have saved my dad's life. Prayer moved the protection in the hand of God. Boom, 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 boom. Is it, is it, is it take all that? We're living in a different times, man. It's not going to go back to what it was. The devil knows, they've been saying this forever, the devil knows, child, that his time is short. Ain't that right, Miss Twilight? That's what they say. His time is short. I don't know if that's what it is or not. I just know the book said it's going to start getting funny toward the end. And we're already experiencing funny right now. You got politicians lying. You got, you got ungodly agendas being pushed. But I guess the question is you, how long are you going to keep your head buried in the sand? Saying this ain't happening. I'm not saying that we go around depressed. I'm just saying that we, we need to have something bigger than a BB gun. Some of us, we got water pistols. We got to do better. It's time to be praying. It's time to be reading our Bible. It's time to stop playing. It's time to be serious. If that, if that, that thing didn't really move me, I wouldn't be sharing this with y'all. You don't, I might, you might have heard me say one time, if that, if I shared some kind of dream, I thought that was prophetic. I don't do that. Because he don't move on me like, but when I know he does, then I'm going to tell you. But even if I didn't have a dream, it's still in the book. That's right, amen. We got to do better, man. This, this, we got to stop, man. Listen, when we come to church, there is a program. Because that's, that's how it runs. There's a program and a presentation. Right? So, and there is the corporate worship. But just because it's a presentation does not mean it's a play, a stage play. We are presenting the gospel. It has to be presented. That means we are, we are putting it in front of you. We are singing, but this is not a concert. This is not a concert, nor is it a stage play. Nor is whoever's up here preaching just, just being the speaker, the honored speaker. No, nah, man, this is about Jesus, man. Now, I'm, I, I'll tell you this before, man. I'm, I'm different, man. I'm different. You go to some places, some churches, the whole, they, they, listen, their goal is we're going to get this place packed out. I'm going to be super pastor. They're going to put me on the cover of the master, super pastor magazine. And I already know how I'm going to look. And if you step up to me, I got these already. I can give you three points as soon as you roll up on me. Right now, just in my sleep, I'm prepared with three points to say whatever you want me to say. Well, I didn't even ask you nothing, but I still got my three points. <laughs> I know exactly what to say to you. I know how to, I know how to perform. Because that's what we do. We're in the ministry. We go, we go to church. I got a kit to show me how to retain visitors. I got a kit to show me how to grow the church. I got a kit for the youth. I got a kit for the kids. I have an executive pastor. I got a, I'm not saying all this stuff ain't important. But, but it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. If you just want to grow a big church, that's foolishness. Because there's a whole lot of big churches with the people sitting in the pews with no substance that was hurting during this pandemic. 
because all the people went home scared. We're going home scared and we're not, we not going to give you no money because we don't know if we're going to make it. Now, how about that? We didn't have that problem over here. We didn't have church for weeks and the giving gate went up. Why? Spiritual disciplines. Nobody had to, I didn't have to get on there and tell you guys, friends. This is an urgent plea. If you don't give an extra dollar, the Cross Church, the Fellowship of Cleveland is going to fold. No, I had miracles happening in the middle of this thing. Members rolling up in their cars. Yes, sir. Handing me envelopes. Boom, take this. Amen. What happened to you? I, got, I, I settled a lawsuit in the middle of the whole situation. <laughs> Reverend, I've been waiting on this thing for years and I just want to roll up and give you the tithe. Hallelujah. Thousands. Miracles, people got testimonies of stuff happening. Russell tell you, look at all this stuff. I, I looked at my income and it's way down and we still made it. We still made it. People getting jobs. People not people making it without jobs. Because we had the discipline. You understand, I can get up here on Sunday and say, go get the money. And ain't nobody offended because you know. I don't have to, I don't have to pump you up. You know. It's in your system that, man, I need to, I, this is what God requires. And this is what God, this is how I live. I've seen God bless me. How many of y'all right now will raise your hand and will say, listen, I have experienced the hand of God when I, when I stepped up my giving, when I, when I took my tithe and offering serious. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. So, I don't, so once, the only thing I have to do is put you on it. Once you see it and see it working for you, it's a wrap. I can play, play around with it after that. I don't need nobody to pump me up when I get my money to go and pull this phone out of my pocket and pay my tithes. I'm, and then listen, I, I don't need nobody to pump me up to give offering. Amen. I don't need to be pumped up. Because I understand. If, if we came to church and nobody asked for the money, I'm still going to get mine. Yeah. And, and then just in case you're here and you say, well, oh, you finna hit us for another offering. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Because we don't roll like that. And, I, and, and I've said this before. I remember somebody told me, you shouldn't say that. People might think you arrogant. I don't care what they think. Amen. But that, when I made this statement here, if you don't give, we ain't going broke. You might, but we not. Amen. We ain't going broke because we trust him. But pastor, we the one who give you the money. You a fool. You think like that, you a fool. Only reason you give is because he gave it to you. And guess what? We already didn't have some folks thought like that around here. If I leave and take my money with me, the door's going to close. Nope, they open wider. Hallelujah. And we got Javier making us look even tighter. <laughs> Him and Lindsay making us look tight. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's what we do. Our faith don't stand in the wisdom of men. We don't put our faith in money. Our faith is in God. Man, I believe what I say, man. And you want to know why? Because I have lived for years 
like this. I don't know how, and God, and you know why I had to do that? Because God had to show me. He said, boy, when you make up your mind, that nobody, look, I don't want you to think about this. Who has taken care of you? I said, God, really? No, it's been a whole bunch of other people that have contributed. He said, but ain't no one person been your source. He said, what's the only thing that's been there the whole time? I said, I guess you. He said, so I get it to you through the people, but I'm the source. I'm the source. And I know that. So ain't nobody going to twist my arm. I'm not going to play favorites with nobody. I don't care if you give one dollar or, or, or 100,000. There ain't no difference between you and the next person. The man said it's a percentage. But I could have checked for 20,000. Was that your percentage? And the other sister only gave $2. Was that her percentage? So your 20000 make you special, more special than her $2? I think not. Spiritual discipline. As a matter of fact, you really, she ain't gave and you ain't gave. You gave, well, you did, you gave God what was his. God said a 10% mine. In fact, if you don't bring me the 10%, you jacking me. You robbing me. So he said, it's not, it wasn't even up to you whether you were, now the offering, that's on you. But the tithe, he said, that's my money. Amen, amen. You got your, you got your wife decked out with my money. <laughs> you done went, took her and got her a dress. Oh, I'm not going to take another offering. Don't clutch your wallets or your purses. I'm just talking. I'm just telling you the truth. You, 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 that, that purse, that, them shoes, and that, that's your wife decked out with my money, homeboy. God talked to me like that. Yeah, them, them wheels, you, that's, that's, they're my wheels. They're my wheels. That's my stuff. Y'all sitting down eating, treating yourself hot dollar at the restaurant, that, that, that food your stomach full of, that's mine. Because you didn't give me my money. But we did, God, we gave $4. <laughs> wow. I broke a 20. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, we gave 100. But the tithe was supposed to be a G. Oh, God, my God's gangster because that's where I come from. That's how we talk. The tithe was supposed to be a G. So it's like somebody else, you loan them your car and you say, look here, it's Sunday afternoon, I'm going to be finished right after this. Matter of fact, I'm through preaching, I'm just meddling with y'all right now. So the tithe was supposed to be, well, you send somebody off in your car and they, you tell them, hey, look, I need my car back here at 5 o'clock this afternoon. So then they come back at five o'clock and show up and give you twenty dollars and then keep on in your car just roll up and throw it out the window envelope and boom get that when you go out there tomorrow what is this oh it's a 20 but i didn't ask you for 20 i told you i want my car back so that's the way we try to do god here's your 20 i didn't tell you i wanted 20 i need my 10 percent well when i can pay it directly to god i'll give it Come on, man. Come on, man. Why are you saying that? The man had already told you what to bring the money to. The man already told you what to bring the money Well, the preacher, he's going to take my money and he's going to buy cars and clothes with my money. You know what? Every preacher in the Bible that mishandled God's stuff, God and fired him and made it an open show. So you're going to miss out on your blessing and miss out on your obedience because you worry about the stealing preacher. Let me tell you something. You might steal for a minute, but you're going to get it in a minute. God is the one who busts the bubble and exposed. God will give a man a shot and say, man, you keep on tripping. I'm going I'm to I'm expose you, player. 
It's done for you. Spiritual disciplines. There's a man of God talking about spiritual disciplines, and, and it's not on him. I'm not going to even mention his name. But some years ago, he was a very famous preacher. And when I say famous, a lot of people knew him. He was on TV regularly. And I don't know. I, obviously, it was the spiritual discipline one day. I can't call him. I can't judge him because everybody got their stuff. But he, uh, he was exposed on television, and they had photographs of him with some shades on and a baseball cap. He was going and hiring prostitutes. Yeah. Shades on and a baseball cap. So they took, they took his picture and they found him. You know, such, such, you know, he's, he's, he's hiding, right? And he's, uh, he think nobody see, but he's hiring these prostitutes. So, and they, they got him in, he got in trouble. I think he got arrested. So then everybody knew about it and he's going through the whole scandal. And then it happened a second time. I think it's right, right? You know what I'm talking about. Happened again. Let me tell you something. You can't hide from God with a baseball cap and some shades. I don't care if you got the Flyers baseball cap in the mall and you got on a thousand dollar pair of shades, especially today, you can't hide from God. I'm going to go to Vegas, me and my, my, my girlfriend, my secret girlfriend, just me and my girlfriend going to Vegas. And what happens in Vegas, it stays in Vegas. There's going to be somebody out there that say, Now, Dennis, Dennis, he say, hey, pastor. And that's, that's typically the one who get it the most. But see, this pastor don't let the people off the hook. It don't just got to be the pastor. The pastor, the one they know. But what about you? Brothers such and such. There's not a facelift in the world they could perform on such and such and such to make her look so different. Can't hide from God. It's time to get serious. Let's stand on our feet today.